Hi, everybody. I'm Deacon Dave. <laughs> Welcome to the Deacon, Deacon Dave Late Person Lisa, Lisa show. show. Welcome back, everybody. I, as usual, am making fun of Lisa, which is not very nice. But she has like a single nod and a double nod in terms of like when she first sees you, that will be, that'll be the single nod and the double nod is like affirming. So next time you see Lisa, pay attention for this. These, these the, head nods. the nonverbal cues of, of libatious layperson Lisa. Yes. So when we last left you, we had just finished the second meditation of our master yes. retreat, right? Yes. Which was on the Bread of Life Discourse. Yes. John chapter six. Yes. And so that was how we ended Friday night. Yeah. And we started Saturday morning with just kind of a brief introduction of the day, Lisa. And on this particular day, it was the Feast of St. Paul. Right. So what do you know, Lisa, about St. Paul? Uh, That he was a persecutor of Christians, that he was pretty much responsible or part of the party that was responsible for the killing of um, St. Stephen, the first martyr. Which we just celebrated that feast day. The day after Christmas. The day after Christmas. Yeah, December look how this all ties in together. It's the Holy Family this year trumped. Oh, and today is St. John the Apostle feast day, which we our meditations are based off of. Right, and then what was yesterday? Uh, what was yesterday? Was holy, the, wait, holy today's innocence. Holy Innocence. Yesterday, yesterday. was St. John. Yeah, right. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, you know, a bevy of things going on here in the Christmas season yes. of the church calendar. Yes. So, what else about St. Paul? Well, then he had a conversion when he was going to... Damascus? Damascus. The yes, road yes. to Damascus. Yes. And... Um, he got knocked down and uh, he lost his sight and he heard a voice say, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Mm. And that was Jesus. And all the people that uh, Saul was persecuting, he was actually persecuting Jesus because they were his followers. And he was blind for three days? Oh, I don't even know. That would make sense. I though. think he was Wouldn't blind he? for three days and okay. he went to the city and he met a guy who's- Barnabas? Name, no, it starts with an A. So if someone can guess who it is, because I don't remember his name Ante- right now. It's not Antioch. Ananias? Ananias. Was yes, it Ananias? yes, yes, yes. Okay, so Ananias. Yeah, and then, um, so yeah, um, God told Ananias to go and meet um, Saul. And he's and, like, you want me to do yeah, what, God? Oh, that guy? No way. And he's like, yes, you are um, going to have a part in his conversion. So um, Paul, well, Saul became Paul shortly after and converted and here we are 2000 years still talking about it yeah so he was like this murderous pharisee this all-around bad guy yeah and now he he ends up being one of the most influential disciples in evangelism yeah and he's considered an apostle even though he wasn't one of the he took the place of judas is is that what happened no no no, that's somebody else you're right Apostle, ah, or he called he right. called himself an apostle. Well, hey, well, but hey, that's okay. He's earned the right. That's right. So this is interesting. So I think this gives hope for all of us, right? That, yes, yeah. That's why I like um, Saint Paul so much. Because Are you, were you? Did you used to be a lot like Saint Paul? Is there some well, things you want to tell our listening? No, audience but like I think you, he's like, in my opinion, like the patron of like the conversion of heart. And you have had a conversion of heart. Yeah. And we all have an ongoing conversion yeah. of heart. Yeah. Right. And it can be very challenging sometimes because the devil wants to pull us back the other way. Right. And he's the patron saint of Curcio. Oh, that's right. Yeah. He is. So no matter where you are in your faith journey, uh, and maybe you're struggling right now, maybe you don't feel like God can forgive you um, for something you've done, just take a look at Paul. Yeah. And know that God can do anything. That's if right. he can do something with Paul, he can do something in your life 
as well. So I was watching season two, episode one of The Chosen last night. We're finally getting around to that. And there was the guy with the cane that had the poor family. Okay. And so he couldn't walk very well. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so Jesus came to his house. Uh Uh-huh. And the guy's like, well, why are you Why yeah. are you here? Yeah. And he says, well, I just want to have dinner with you. And so finally the guy breaks down and tells him what he did. He yeah. like stole a guy's horse and that's when he hurt his leg when he fell off the horse. And he thought he had maybe killed the guy. And so Jesus says the guy is not dead. And he gives him a hug. And so the next morning, Jesus has gone back into Samaria, I believe. And uh, the guy wakes up in his house and his leg is completely yeah, healed. Yeah, that's right. And Jesus wakes up and um, one of the apostles or one of his disciples said, oh, so you're doing work while you're laying in bed. Uh, I don't know. I guess Jesus knew obviously what had happened. He healed his leg. So yeah. Very cool. So if he can do that, he can heal whatever it is and the hurt that we have going on yeah. in our own lives. Yeah. So <clears throat> speaking of St. Paul. Yes. In his first letter to the Corinthians, he describes the true presence of Christ in the Eucharist. And Lisa, this is like one of the most ancient recordings of the Last Supper that yes. we have. So I'm going to read that to you. Yes. First uh, Corinthians chapter 11, verses 23 through 26. For I received from the Lord what I also handed on to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night he was handed over, took bread and, after he had given thanks, broke it and said, This is my body that is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, also the cup after supper saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the death of the Lord until he comes. So Hmm. sounds very, very familiar to what we hear in the Eucharistic prayers, right? So is the priest... We know he's in the person of Jesus, but there are specific parts of the words in the Eucharistic prayers where the priest is um, actually saying the words as Jesus. Do you know what those words are? Yes. When he um, takes the host and he says, uh, take, well, I don't know. Take this all of you. Yeah. Notice that. Yeah. 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 Eat of it. Yeah. And um, that's why um, the priest also like kind of bends down a little bit because he's supposed to like breathe the holy spirit into the host and the and to the wine wine mm-hmm. yeah father mike jolie you could actually see him go oh really yeah he would like literally like blow yeah to the chalice oh, that's funny so if you look in the roman missal yeah. you will notice the words that are actually jesus speaking are in all caps Oh. So I wonder if it's like that on the smaller Roman missiles too. I bet oh, it is. I'm going to have to look now. Now we're going to have to look. Mine's at the retreat Yeah, center, mine's in my car. So we so we can't look. But yeah, this is very, very um, powerful um, stuff during the Eucharistic prayers, right? Oh, yeah. So when was the first Mass offered, Lisa? Uh, the first Mass was How about the last offered? Oh, the... <laughs> That's right. How about that, Lisa? <laughs> I was going to say the road to Emmaus, but I'm a little uh, getting ahead of myself. Yes, yeah. So it's it's the Last Supper, right? Yes, yes, yes. And what sacraments were instituted at the Last Supper? Holy waters. Right. And the Eucharist. Very good. Okay. You, you looked at me like you weren't sure what <laughs> I thought you were, the we Eucharist. We already mentioned the Eucharist, so. Right. Oh, no, we said Mass. Okay. Yeah, so Jesus is the high priest, right? Yes. He, he offers himself as the sacrificial lamb. Right. He's the Paschal Supper, right, Uh, in which the mass is actually commemorating. And here's the thing I think that a lot of people don't realize is so we are um, when you hear that word memorial. Mm -hmm. Right. It's it it means 
that to make present in this context. Okay. So when we go to Mass, the Last Supper, mm-hmm. the one Last Supper, the eternal banquet, because Jesus is the eternal now, we are entering into the one Last Supper. Mm-hmm. So we're not just... Um, Remembering. Right, or yeah. copying. I mean, we're right. literally, the heavens open up. Yeah. Right, and right. we participate in the one eternal banquet. Isn't yeah. that really cool? Yeah, it's very amazing. That's very, and so if you don't understand that, just call a person, Lisa, and ask her, and she will explain it to you completely. <gasps> but the important thing is to know that Jesus created the first Eucharist, right? Yes. And uh, now we call upon the Holy Spirit. Um, it's just the entire... I think so often because of the uh, repetitiveness of the Eucharistic prayers, although they change up depending. Yeah, they do. There are a lot of different. So there's four main Eucharistic prayers. But there's always little differences. Well, okay. So you have, and we may be getting ahead of ourselves here in in the things. But yeah, there are different Eucharistic prayers and, and for different um, seasons, yeah. right? Yeah. But you have the prayer over the offerings. Right. Okay. That's all. That's always different. That's always different yes. related on the time of the season and the week of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, there's all these. If you don't have a Roman Missal. Get one. Get one because it has all of the readings for every day. Yeah. Right? And you don't. Have, you only have to buy one. It's one book. It's, it's not like, like some of those prayer books that you get monthly. Right. With the mass readings that you, you know, because it has all the cycles. Of course, the book is about four inches thick. Yeah. Three or four inches thick. Yeah. And it's very thin pages. Yeah. But there's a lot of great information in there for every single mass that there is. So think about it. What what about Passover? What do you know about Passover? Uh, let's see. Passover. So the... Because this was the Passover meal. Yes, because Jesus was the sacrificial lamb. Right. And... Um, Okay, this is, uh, I'm a little off. Uh, out of practice with this. But basically, when he was on the cross and said, it is finished, then that was the end of the... Well, it was when he drank from the cup, right? Okay. Because in a traditional Hebrew meal, yeah. the cup of wine is passed four times. Okay, okay. Right? But yeah. I believe on that particular night, it was only passed three times. Right. Oh, okay. And so when Jesus said, I thirst, and he drank from the wine turned vinegar offered to him, that was the fourth Paschal cup. Okay. Completing the Passover meal okay. that had been begun on Holy Thursday at the Last Supper. Right. Mm-hmm. So when he said it is finished, like you said, and died, mm-hmm. he completed both his redemptive suffering on earth and, and the, the first mass. Yeah. Good job, layperson Lisa. You got it absolutely <laughs> right. So now, what is another thing we see in the New Testament, especially in the Gospel of Luke? Hey, quiz question for you, Lisa. Yes. Who was the largest writer in the New Testament? Word wise, it is Luke. Luke. And who comes in second? St. Paul. St. Paul. And I think it's um, pretty interesting because they were buddies. And, and so although St. Paul wrote a lot more books and Luke only wrote Luke But Luke went to visit St. Paul in prison and he got a lot of the information for Acts of the Apostles, I think, right? Beautiful. I'm not sure, actually. Okay. But I trust like I don't know. I'm thinking that St. Paul movie with um, the guy who played Jesus. You're way ahead of me. The Passion of the Christ. You're way ahead of me um, in movie watching. Obviously, Lisa spends a lot of time watching oh my gosh. No, very quality <laughs> movies on Netflix. Okay, just just saying, very quality movies. 
I don't know about that. Okay. It's hard to find some quality movies on there, but Okay. Anyway. But when you do. If not, you can get Pure Flicks and you can watch them on there. So what happened um, in one of the letters from Paul? I mean, I'm sorry, actually, Luke. It's Luke. No, it was Luke. Oh, Gospel of Luke. Okay. Yes, of course. How silly of me. Um, so um, after Jesus rose from the dead, he was walking along and came across two disciples and you know they were feeling kind of down and they're uh, walking with um, uh, with Jesus and you know they're talking and they're like don't you know what's going on and he's like no what and you know they tell him about what happened and so uh, Jesus was um, spreading or talking to them about all kinds of truths and um, his way and they were like, oh, let's um, have some, uh, let's have a meal together. So. Yeah, they weren't getting it. Yeah, they, yeah. And so they had, they shared a meal. And when Jesus broke the bread, they realized who he was. And then he disappeared. <laughs> well, and, and here's two, a couple of interesting points. Yes. They were walking away from Jerusalem, right? Right, 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 right. right. Yes. Um, and, and really, we're, we're called to walk towards Jerusalem yes. and sometimes carrying our crosses, our own crosses. But what I love about this is that how often, Lisa, do we allow the receiving, the breaking of the bread that we have in the Eucharist, right? Mm-hmm. How often do we allow that to open our eyes? Or is it just a routine and something that we're going through? Or do we really understand the power that's made manifest in the liturgy? Oh, the well, I think sometimes we may... I mean, I don't think I really realized the power of the Eucharist until we started preparing for the mass retreat. Right. And um, like all the graces that are available in the Eucharist and all the healing that's available in the Eucharist and all the supernatural um, power that's present in the Eucharist. If we're open to receiving all of those um, graces, then we then Jesus will come to us more abundantly or more. Uh, so that we are more fully aware of what's going on and what we're receiving, and think, who we're receiving. Yeah, and I think that gets back to the disposition that we talked about in the last episode, that we have to be prepared um, and our hearts open when we yeah. come to church to fully receive all that the Lord has for us. Now, this right. is really cool. So the two of them, the two guys that met Jesus, at, right, realized it was him after he broke the bread. Yeah. Uh, they went out and recounted what had taken place on the way yeah. and how he was made known to them in the breaking of the bread. How do we make Jesus, who we've received at Mass, known in the world? You know, or or do we see this as a one hour a week mm. stop where I'm checking a box? Or, or do we really like I was at uh, the bank today mm-hmm. and I, I was I was talking about the, the foundation and the retreat center and some of the mm-hmm. um, things we want to do to add to the building. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, the number one thing people need in their life is Jesus. Yeah. And so I'm not afraid to talk about Jesus. And I think if you're in a place in your faith where it's hard for his name to come out, then the first place to go back to is to open your heart more while you're in mass. Yeah. Because he will give you the strength and the courage you need in order to do that. Mm -hmm. We've been given so much. We have to share who we've been given. Yeah. What do you think about that? Yeah. Well, that's kind of funny because yesterday I went to Food Lion. I don't think it's and, funny. Enough. Well, I'm just kidding. Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> yesterday I went to Food Lion and um, when I was checking out, um, 
I don't know for like for some reason I just asked the lady how was your Christmas like I don't know if she's like even Christian or if she celebrates Christmas but I just felt like I should ask her that and she's like oh it's great how was yours so yeah um, sometimes even in small little ways we can evangelize in that sense and I think sometimes we have to practice in those small little ways right to build confidence mm-hmm. um that the lord is going to be with us mm-hmm. uh, when we venture out into that area of maybe being a little bit uncomfortable mm-hmm. but i think more often than not we'll be surprised at people's desire to respond um in kind yeah i always liked when i worked at a store when people told me i have a blessed day but you have many stories where mm-hmm. you didn't say it back right well, I don't say have a blessed, I would say you too, but like, I always liked when they said it. Like, oh, absolutely. I didn't have the, that courage at that point. You didn't go, I love Jesus. <laughs> you should have. <laughs> yeah. You didn't break out in song. What a friend. Jesus. <laughs> Maybe I should. That would yeah. be my new thing. That would be good. So now, in 110 AD, uh-huh. okay, St. Ignatius of Antioch described the universal church of Jesus Christ as Catholic Ecclesia. Okay, which is the Catholic Church. So that's how she got her universal name. Mm-hmm. And throughout the first two centuries, the disciples, okay, at the command of Jesus at the Last Supper, celebrated the breaking of the bread. Okay, and a, an instance of this with uh, St. Paul as a celebrant, okay, was with the young man Eutychus in Acts 20, hmm. chapter 20, verse 11. And now some people might ask, well, what about liturgical text, you know, yeah. where we get the mass from. Any information on that? Uh, well, the earliest texts were in the third century and they survived all the way uh, from the seventh century, which is amazing. That is. And then there's, that's really a long time ago. And there's actually some musical notations that were used in the West from the ninth century. Yeah. Uh, and then it says lessons and gospels were read from existing scriptures with Psalms. The Lord's prayer was prayed and sung mostly um, from liturgies going back to St. John Chrysostom and uh-huh. St. Basil the Great yeah. in the Eastern Rite of the Church, yeah. which is the birthplace of Christianity. Yeah. Lots of good stuff. So our Mass is uh, has the same basic um, format. Exactly. Yeah. So it has, as, as, as much as we might think things have changed, they have stayed the same. Exactly the same. And that's the beautiful thing about our Catholic faith. Right? Yeah. It's got over uh, 2,000 years. And wherever you go, you celebrate the Mass in the same way. Right. Still one of my favorite places is we went to uh, Aruba a number of years oh, ago. Oh, okay. Yeah. And um, it, it, so it was in Spanish. You know, oh, okay. The I didn't Mass know was in Spanish. Speak Spanish there. Okay. And um, they, so you, you knew where you were in the Mass. Yeah. But then the choir started singing um i can't remember the name of the song mm-hmm. but it was in english oh really and we knew it and i looked at the choir and started singing and smiling and they were like oh right, that's cool something i understand yeah All right it's very good so lisa just to kind of wrap this up the, the mass is a gathering of the faithful so we are all gathering mm-hmm. um to commemorate the the sacrifice right this mm-hmm. redemptive act of the passion and death of Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. the greatest act of divine mercy. Yeah. Divine mercy, St. Faustina. I think we mentioned her in one of the first uh, two episodes as well. So in celebrating the Mass, mm-hmm. we're really being obedient to Christ, right? Right. Exactly right. right. So that is sort of what the introduction, kind of <laughs> celebrating the Feast of St. Paul, yeah. looked like. Yeah. And, and in our next episode, we're going to talk about the prayers of the church, Lisa. Yeah, the liturgy, liturgy of the hours. hours. Yeah. So, um, anything else you want to add on this so far? No. Okay. Well, y'all, if you haven't subscribed to the Deacon Dave and Layperson Lisa Show, 
please subscribe. I think we're in double digits of subscribers now. Wow. I won't tell you where between <laughs> 10. 10 and 99 we are. <laughs> Uh, but maybe next time we'll be in the three digits. And we just got our 3,000th download. That's right. So we need more. We need more downloads. Because that's been over like two years. Yeah, it's not too bad. <laughs> We're making progress. That's right. But please, um, subscribe, subscribe and automatically download yeah. our podcast. Yeah. All and right? you get Deacon Dave's um, homilies in there too. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I put those. I'm Deacon yeah. Dave. I'm like Lisa. We'll see you next time. Bye.